0: Welcome to the Woman Who Rubs the Mountain podcast, a gathering place for conversations about ecological embodiment and intimacy with place. I'm your host, Kendra Ward, acupuncturist and land alchemist, currently living on traditional Abenaki land in what is now called Vermont. In these explorations, we wonder, what happens when we rub on the body of the earth? How does the earth brush back against us? Waking up from a great forgetting, these inquiries bring us to the fluid interfaces of human body and land body. Along the way, it's my hope that we diversify our sense of relational kinship, discover creative Disruptive ways of living beyond our human centric tendencies and make wide space for a new, old, earth honoring culture to re emerge. Because in these joy soaked but bleak times, falling in love with the land and the beings where we live is truly the basis of healing and reconciliation, a resistance against ecocide, and the special work. Of our human hearts used well. My guest today is Karina Lyle, host of the popular podcast Becoming Nature where she interviews peers from around the world on topics such as sustainability, the wild, skill building, and climate issues. For the past 13 years, Karina has worked with groups and in retreat settings, and she has years of experience in holding space for transformation. Her focus is on community, nature, storytelling, and rewilding in the modern world. Karina was born in Northern Canada, with deep roots to the indigenous people of that place. And she now lives with her family of five in the woods of Denmark. I really appreciated Karina's thoughtful presence and the way that she resists rushing through to simpler answers. Our conversation features this lovely cast of characters, including pheasant, squirrel and swan and there are plenty of stories of local intimacies. So let's get to the conversation. I hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, welcome everyone. Before we begin, I just like to acknowledge the larger geographies, the big sacred intelligences, the rivers, hills, trees, soil the clouds that we don't just live with but live in so let us all just take a moment to feel into and connect with the place where we are allowing the old spirit and vast resonances to rise up into the room with us into our hearts into this conversation into this stilling into our speaking and our listening. Letting that just vibrate outwards for a moment. And I'm so excited to hear more about the place where you live, Karina, and I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how you find intimacy with this place particularly from from your body from this body felt sense and I'm wondering not only how you find kind of press into and find intimacy with this place but also how this place finds intimacy with
1: you or even dreams you into being mm-hmm. Well, I've placed this desk that I'm sitting at, um, overlooking the water that's in front of the house. And to my right uh, is the beginning of the forest. We live like in in between land. And um, I like to observe, so, Right now, intimacy for me is following um, Papa Pheasant, who uh, has two ladies, which is quite fun, that he's taking care of. And they have their certain routine. So just observing their routine, like when we wake up in the morning, he's sitting on the same table, and this has been two weeks now, stands at the same time, same table, And which is becoming very calming in my body to like, oh, okay, now I'm recognizing some routine in myself watching their Mm -hmm. routine. Um, And the mamas are feeding. And then around the time where the kids wake up and the coffee is done, they take a little uh, walk across the um, courtyard thing we have. And where they go, I don't know yet. But the the intimacy of knowing that our life is happening here, and their family life is happening there, and we're sort of watching each other, in terms of he's you know he knows our routine and we know his routine, that feels very intimate to have that window into peasant family life <laughs> for now. Um, And I take on, I think, that sense that it's, for me, the element of observing the intelligence of the land around me and how I have no clue. (laughs) I've just scratched the surface of what's going on. And the intimacy of getting to know such a little piece of land so well that um, I know the flowers that come up here and then sometimes like oh wow they've moved and they've migrated from there to there and to me it's like well so what <laughs> you know what do you use that for in the terms of stress reduction or whatever but but that's intimacy is like wow well, okay so this is new or that's happening or hey old friend how how has winter been for you and um knowing that in my body okay now it's time to do something and noticing the stress of, of harvest it's like oh no <laughs> now the season has started and if i want to get all the herbs in time i'm i'm in a hurry from now until you know june july august so it's subtle and it's also something that has taken nine years so far to get to know that's how long we've lived here hmm. that's how long this land has taken to allow me to get to know it and um, show me its secrets and growth and yeah, um, and that does something to me and I can't tell you what other than its relationship building and I love this piece of land and now I'm moving, <laughs> which is uh, is weird, but.
0: Yeah. Tell me about your move. What's happening with that?
1: Well, this is rental, for one, which has also been a thing. Like, um, I this is my workplace and where my family lives. And up in the back in the forest, that's where I've done courses for the last nine years, as long as we've been here. Um, And it's rental, which is also, you know, when you... Uh, it, the response to renting land is, well, why do you do so much work on something that's not yours? Hmm. And I find in general, you know, owning land is a bit of a, <laughs> yeah, let's not get into that. That's a um, another thing, but we don't own it. So I own this land as much as I'm gonna own the land mm-hmm. um, we've now bought, which is a little piece. But it was time for us to move. And um, so we're taking all our stuff and moving to the other end of the forest away from the water. But also away from a road, and um, and it has a different different feel. So I won't be able to work there. But it's um, it's it's going to be good and interesting to get to know that place now. What's what's that? What animals have their morning routines there, and and who will let me witness that? Oh. So, It's griefful as well, you know, how to let something very exciting exist alongside grief of having to say goodbye and the sorrow, knowing that the owners of this house don't have the same relationship to nature and uh, this place as we do. So we've um, been able to hold the poison stuff away from this piece of land for a long time. And and I don't like to think about what they're going to do once we're out Mm, yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. well just the
0: freshness of a new relationship you know all the things that come with that there's sort of like a a freshness to your sight you know the like any new relationship it can kind of have its honeymoon period or um but Yeah. yeah that that holding of both the grief and the excitement of um, all the new friends to make, mm-hmm. although it sounds like there's a continuation in the land that you're not going so far, you know, similar ecosystem. No. And yeah. So I
1: well, know the Fox den that's uh-huh. midway from here. The connection house point. To the other uh-huh. house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also ate all our chickens. So we'll Aww. see. <laughs>
0: Oh, my goodness. We've had a lot of fox visits this spring. And it's so funny how everyone's reaction is, it's good you don't have chickens. And I'm like, it's such a fairy tale type of response. That's like the immediate response that everyone has. But it's also true on some level. It's also
1: reality. Yeah, it's
0: also reality. (laughs) That age-old fox and chicken relationship. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not an enemy. Yeah. It's not an enemy.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm curious, um, just in terms of, I'm always, I'm always looking to kind of move myself past just ideas of that. I'm kind of rubbing into or pressing up against the place where I am. Um, like when, you know, you're touching a tree that also the tree is touching you back, you know, this, this sense of call and response, Mm -hmm. this, um, you know, this uh, elevation in our way of thinking about things. And I'm curious how how you're relating these days to the sense of call and response to the more than humans around you, um, if there are any practices or rituals. And I know these types of things are ever moving and evolving and changing according to like your mood and the season, but I'm just wondering what you've been up to lately.
1: Well <clears throat> I always I've always thought about that as I walk. Like when I witness Swan, Swan is also, you know, taking me into consideration. Like what are my steps and moves? And that's always been a very <clears throat> humbling is not the right word, but but it has allowed me to decenter myself from <laughs> from the whole thing, even though you know this is where I, I, my outlook is. Um, I like, I again, I'm back to this observing thing because when we sit at the fire, um, I notice all the creatures coming out to have a, a look at what we're doing and if the smoke is dangerous or not, or you know what's happening there. And my games have become like doing uh, spirals in in sort of the middle of the thing with walnuts and chestnuts. And then I come back two days later and Squirrel took all the walnuts and left the chestnuts for me. (laughs) And that's a game, so to speak. It's like, okay, so there you go. And it left it in the pattern. It didn't even mess up all the chestnuts. And and then I see like uh, uh, the woodpecker and what it's doing and 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 um yesterday some bird we didn't know it was new to the area and it made a call and called back and then everything just went silent so there's that interaction that's not ritualized in a sense other than it's it's um it tells us something me and the kids i have three girls and the children have you know spent most of their life now here it, it just, the rituals of and now it's that time of year mm. It's that time of now the squirrels are in fights up, up in the trees or mating games or whatever it is. Um, but I also, I, I like to just watch and see and notice that they're watching me. And that makes a difference in how I tread because I need to tread respectfully in that sense. That's how I feel. That's my response to their call. And and I'm curious to their response to my call. And what I've noticed is when I've done sessions or when I walk, like I just went for a walk and you can tell I'm like all (laughs) cold and now uh, warming up. But um, there's something about, of course, what I notice. And then there's something about what shows up to let me know. And if I'm out and I feel stressed or there's a buildup of something, what I notice or what shows up, and we'll never know, that's the mystery. And it, it doesn't matter to me. But it's always the close to the ground animals that come up to say, okay, here we are. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Um, or they give me a shock, so I have to come out of whatever Thinking. I don't know if it's direct answer to what you're asking or what you were looking for, but that's how I I walk around in learning, and that's how I think they they call and then um, it may it, it the ritual is is honoring that that this is not only my home it's their home, so I respond to that. And I don't take all the walnuts, and I don't take all the flowers, and I don't um, take their food, and I share all of that. That's um, a big part of the practice of being here, that this is not only my home. And then we have games. Yeah. I
0: love the games. It's no <laughs> surprise that they the squirrels are... Always seem very partial to the walnuts.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like their favorite nut. Uh huh. They're busy. I got yes. a few each year, but... Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. Well,
0: I know that storytelling is a particular love of yours, and um, I'm wondering um, if you could... St- you know, kind of feel into this question of what being a storyteller means to you, but particularly from this viewpoint of storytelling as a a bridge or a vehicle of healing as it relates to entering the dreaming of the land or what Hugh Lupton, author Hugh Lupton, he calls, quote, stories at the back of the scene world. Mm-hmm.
1: well there are certain stories that um and I, I always feel like well am i a storyteller i don't know i like stories and i tell them it feels like a, a grand title but there are certain stories i feel like they come from the earth that are that are ancient in some ways um that it, it's hard to see that this was ever a man-made tale and that ask us to view the world differently. And a few teachers, Martin Shaw, but but others have also said, you know, storytelling is the wildest sense of truth-telling and, and not a truth, and that's the whole thing. It's not a truth, and I get so full and uh, almost... Choked by the sense of of having the one truth, and and in a story, so many truths exist at the same time, along with uh, nature, where you know every there's so many truths and so many intelligence there in response to the world, and what I love about <clears throat> stories is that you tell one and. If you're outside, it, it, and maybe if you're inside and you can hear anything, but if you're outside, the whole, the whole thing becomes part of the story. Like the animals and the trees, and they're in there along with us. And, and um, every person there um, is seeing image and and taking something away from us that I can't control. And I can't dictate, but there's an understanding because it's, 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 it's beyond, um, our personal dramas or, and it's, it's bigger. And the same way I feel when I'm outside is, is, you know, I'm part of something so much bigger than me. And how do I, how do I meet that? And, um, we can't hurry to tie nature down. We can't hurry to tie a story down. And maybe it's it's a response of being in this spiritual, self-help, whatever, um, world for 14 years as a facilitator, that these stories have become more and more important with not serving one truth. And that there's my truth, and then when I'm looking at the windows there's the little sparrows truth, and then there's the um violet's truth and then there's the um, hawthorne's truth of what it is to be in the world and i like that about um, that window into truth telling and also opening up to that being completely different for each creature here and in stories as as well you know there's the there, there's so many but that, you know there's the princess there's the king there's the villain or the wolf and and we can put ourselves in each um, archetype there and and you know learn something from that i can place myself in a body of water and learn something from that i can sit in a tree and wonder what it is to be in the world from this perspective <clears throat> and i'm not done i can never be done But there's something about letting um, myself be taken by more truths than answers um, and perspectives that that is becoming one
0: thank you that's beautiful and i think it also you know i don't know about you but for me i don't live in a place that i grew up in Mm-hmm. And I don't know the old stories of mm-hmm. the land where I live. But I can know some stories mm-hmm. just by connecting with those truths around me, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that I is... I grew up
1: far uh, away from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, there is that that little bit of grief or at times that sense of feeling lost Mm -hmm. um without kind of the the old tethers like old roots in the ground um but also every day there are these opportunities to that new stories as animate beings are constantly being born and arising from where we are right now so yeah Well, I'd love to um, tune into a class that you have, that you call how to become invisible (laughs) in a world that demands to see everything, which is a fantastic title Um, and so true. And I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about the sense of becoming invisible Doing more listening than speaking.
1: Yeah. Well, it's based. Well, the whole thing came from a story I uh, listened to that um, the amazing storyteller, uh, English storyteller Martin Shaw, told um, at a course, and it's in his book, uh, The Smoke Hole. I can recommend it. And it just got you know it just tickled or brushed up uh, up against my own. Um, um, my my own hypocrisy in terms of, you know, really sick of being online and available and also deeply addicted to being online and available and not really wanting to look at um, how, how much it is ruling my life to, you know, have an opinion, <laughs> share that opinion. Mm-hmm. Every time something happens in the world, feeling a pressure to, speak to it or about it and letting people know where i stand and if i don't then maybe be judged for being silent mm. the demand to know you know you know and and if you don't know are you then ignorant because you haven't you know stated <laughs> all of what you know and the pressure building of every time i have one of those urges or thoughts or something happens, as I just said, that I need to state it all online and I don't need to, but still, you know, once you're there, once once the ball is rolling, so to speak, or I've, I've lullabied myself into a story that, you know, my whole business is based on my presence there. And, Some days, my being, (laughs) Mm. my existence. Who am I if I'm just here in my little cottage looking at the water? And anyway, all of that just became so. Now, what would happen if I was invisible and not in canceling myself, but if I became part of the land and just shut up for a moment? What else then? in me and around me, would have the space to speak. And I think we're very well trained in speaking. And we're not as well trained as in actually listening. And we're not well trained in not knowing or being the beginner. Because um, I think there's a high demand for the opposite. So um, I wanted to challenge that in myself. And um, I, before I did, I did the, the mini course, free course, I took a group out and I said, okay, I want you to go hide and not as in a game, but I want you to go hide and just really allow yourself to disappear. No one's watching what happens in your body, what comes alive around you. And, and um, what is it like to just decenter again yourself and become a part of it physically, not just as a mental concept? And, you know, it was a relief and everyone felt exhausted. And uh, I think that happens every time, you know, we relax <laughs> or do something um, like that. It's like, shit, I was so, so tired god I'm so tired which is interesting and not surprising and the um the moving bit is to see how much life is living here you know coming back to each truth and story of everything around this house and, and noticing all this life and all this in this ecosystem that we don't notice and that's striking and especially in a country like Denmark where I live uh, right now I'm you know I was born in northern Canada Labrador where it's a different land and different um wild or more is proper wild and then there's two percent undomesticated land left two percent and that's including coastal land so here to lay on the forest ground in a domesticated forest and notice all this wild that's still happening became a great mirror for what they could allow within themselves and um that was the basis of then i thought okay so let's explore it further what happens if if we prepare a little (laughs) and um And just let that whole world here go and allow myself to become a tree. Not hug a tree, Mm -hmm. but for a moment, become a tree. Here, with it, sinking. Or a beetle. And and for me, that's it, really, of the practice and the ritual of what happens when I, I allow myself to do that.
0: I'm getting the sense of <clears throat> almost like a, a next level sit spot practice, you know, where you're yeah. just your, your residence as a human, you know, we're so used to being loud and noisy and just, um, yeah. just Dominating space. Um, and I I have had so many hysterical experiences of, of like when you're, when your energy, your resonance is, is tuned down and never exactly matching the space where you are, but closer, you know, slowing down, um, that things come and like run over your feet, like, like, you know, a a squirrel or, um, something lands on your shoulder or, I mean, it's just miraculous how with that shift in your tone, um, and kind of how you're moving through the world, um, What might be
1: possible but and also if you don't have your phone with you Uh the urge to document Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and that's the thing like we see this and then we document or we're you know walking around to take it all in and we can't take it in through that thing like Mm -hmm. so what happens if you don't document you can't document and you just watch that thing that just landed on your shoulder what happens then for a a longer moment. And I think that's the, the, maybe not scariest, but most like mind blowing thing was how my body on its own went to, wanted to consistently and constantly document what I was doing and thinking in terms of how this could be presented to others instead of just, and I'm not alone. No.
0: There. Yeah. In some ways there's the joy of sharing something exciting with someone, yes. like the magic of that. Um, but yeah, then also half the time missing the moment in the process of that, so,
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 of course, it's both. And it's, I don't know if balance is the right word, but, but awareness. Of uh, what is practice time and what is something else? You know, what is intimacy and what is something. Maybe that's it.
0: Right. So maybe just like a couple who's having dinner and they're each on their phones, you know, kind <laughs> of can we can kind of use that same metaphor? I don't know, that's what just popped into my head right now, of just um our desire to, to catch it with our phone. Um, but then in the process, it's this block, you know, to, to really seeing or, yeah, I don't know. It's ongoing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's not judgment, it's exploration And, and just acknowledging, like I said in the beginning, noticing for myself that there's also a part of, of me that I was unwilling to, to really look at because I really don't like that part of of how I am in the world more and more just the last 10 years. And and that it's, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's less intimate Mm -hmm. and more overwhelming (laughs) to have that window open all the time, having to take in so much. Um, as you sent me before, just to, to touch on the eco-grief, you know, what's the balance there to also be sensitive to a system. And that's one thing for me is, is allowing myself to close that window into the world of knowledge once in a while. And say, how much can I actually digest and process? And how much can I do? Like, what can I actually do? So, um, what can I have an impact on? and and um that's another dilemma in in it i can i can't save the world and um and how much of the information can i digest Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well i think that that is essentially part of the necessity also of having boundaries the same way, you know, in our digestive system, we have boundaries. Um, These days where, you know, we're digesting so much, um, so, so much. So I'm, well, I'm curious how all this is just kind of landing on you in this present moment. I mean, how do you feel like you're doing with um, this balance between being seen or having to have something to say, but then also, you know, having moments of being able to connect and not have to do that. Like, how is that, how is that currently for you?
1: (laughs) Well, it's, it's many different things. I see myself. Um, feeling the need to state opinions less like I'm posting less compared to maybe last year and um, exploring how much of that is fatigue and how much of that is is just realizing that the complexity of it all is hard to put into a post (laughs) and and that um, there's more and more that I don't know I don't know, and maybe a, a more comfort and and um, and okayness with that, and then there's the other part of me of uh, where my I just I feel uh, overcome by grief things that I can't change. And um, how, you know, it's a, it's an open inquiry. How do I let that grief to exist and not become something where I'm just, I, I collapse? How do I notice where I can have impact and where I can, you know, um, do something and where I can't? And that's an open Inquiry, but I also think that's what allows it to not become um, like a stress response fully. In terms of when I started this whole thing 14 years ago of of doing courses, it was uh, more stress related. And one of the things, you know, the theories that we would talk about is the difference between people who experience stress and people who don't, and 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 those who could who could do High risk or intense um, jobs could do that because they they felt that's what science said anyway they felt they had the ability to impact their situation and um, the stress the people felt was also to do with the fact that they felt they couldn't there was no impact I could have so as I get older as well, you know, when I was a teenager in the nineties and very, uh, uh, intensely angry about everything, which is, I think it's a good thing and it's great. And I see it now in my teen daughter and she's like, Aah. and, um, that's a part of it and it's amazing. And I, I sort of miss that certainty <laughs> that you have when you're <laughs> a teen and I definitely see she has. And, um, but I also really want to explore where do I feel I have impact and I have impact on this little piece of land. It's not the world, but I have it here. And for those who come here, I can have some impact while they're here in terms of noticing squirrel and hawthorn, and Swan and Eagle. And I can, can have some impact on what happens here, and and um, I can say thank you, and I can ask myself when when is enough, when do I when what do I have, and when do I notice that that's enough, and um, and that's the greatest thing for me is I can I can impact that. And then um, that will do something in the world. And if my kids, if my three girls can go out into the world and say thank you for life, thank you for the food, thank you for nature, thank you for breath, for the air, for the water, then um, I've done enough. That's how I have to feel about it. I hear you. Yeah.
0: You kind of beat me to, to where I was hoping we might head next, which is um, just, you know, and you've already revealed to us that you have little people in your home and or, or slight, Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know how old your eldest is. Right. 14. 14. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, you've, partially already answered this question in terms of um, just working with where you are and where you can have impact. but you know, just wondering asking as a mama myself who's kind of often struggling with this same quandary of um, just with the the rapidness with which the world is changing um and the strangeness, of how the world is changing and parenting in that strangeness um and the push pull between like when they were younger um you know they but the, like the malleability and the joy of just i don't know kind of uh, absorbing it all being outside all the time and and um it's that letting go of my own agenda, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the places where you wish to have an imprint, um, but also, you know, continuing to let them explore and have their own opinions and experiences. Um, yeah, so I'm just curious. I mean, of course we know that everyone's experience of parenting is, is different, um, yeah. but I'm wondering, you know, how that all is for you these days
1: well there's there's co-parenting which I find <laughs> extremely challenging just between the dad and I who are still together and, and in the same house and it's it's we you know we see eye to eye on a lot of things but even just that is difficult to navigate sometimes you know mm-hmm. um, it would be a lot easier if he was just <laughs> out of the <laughs> out of the way and I could, you know, do my thing, uh-huh. um, that and decorating and, and color choosing and all that. But, um, I, I find it actually, uh, more and more challenging as they get older, really. And the other thing that I'm noticing is, um, it's so, it's so, uh, full of pride and appreciation and also awe of what it is to see a a human grow into being a young adult and and um there's a little impact by me but it's it's a lot different than i than i thought it would be like um just to see how the opinions the teen has of what the world should look like. And we had this fun thing, you know, I, I'd i like to think that we had a lot to do with it and, and that my sort of activistic thing about nature and, and you know, she got all that for me. And and she wanted, a few years ago, uh, she wanted to go camping. <laughs> and she want, she had this whole picture i thought oh that's so cool i i rubbed off and i said so where did you get that idea i saw it in a barbie movie at a friend's house like what wow <laughs> i was like oh man i thought i was really doing good there <laughs> it had nothing to do with me <laughs> And it was a sh- you know a crappy show that I didn't want her to watch anyway that had given her this amazing idea to be outdoors more. Mm. Um, I, I lost track of your question, but I find it really important to. come back to letting her be invisible in her own way out in the forest and noticing how hard that is for me to to let go. And um, I thought it was hard with no sleep and with a toddler running around. But it's beautiful, complex, and hard as they grow to let them go and to um, to let them be human in their own way. And, and be invisible and not need me there and all of these things and i'm also extremely proud to witness the humans that they are but even this generation that is coming what they're interested in what their take is on life what they want to rebel against hmm. and i'm like oh I don't want to put this on them. My work and our generation's work isn't done, but, man, they're they're really awesome. And um, I'd like to give them a lot more appreciation of how awesome I think they are than they're getting. Um, They're a lot less spoiled than we give them credit Hmm. um, for. Yeah, I lost track, but that's how it is. I feel it's a mess of all kinds of things, like my own again grief and extreme excitement at the same time. Of uh, the window, I thought I had was so much shorter and smaller (laughs) um, than it feels like when you birth them into the world. And um, yeah,
0: you mean in terms of impact, in terms of, or in terms of your own yeah yeah
1: yeah Yeah. time Uh time they need my opinion at all right right Yeah.
0: yeah well I think that um when I throw up my hands you know and you're just like like just um I think there's a lot of that especially as I get older that continued letting go um and instead just trying to um continue to know what's you know this the uprightness and the solidity of your own kind of inner truth cord um in loving you know the place where you are in loving this living world um and I think that that's the step that oftentimes is missed like my, daughter was signed up for sort of like a natural sciences, kind of more crunchy like science class. And um, you know, it really felt like the whole thing was focused on the world dying. Um, yeah. you know, and our obsession with that lens. So speaking of mm-hmm. storytelling, you know, and what stories are we telling our children and um it just felt really like the dissonance of that, uh, of the story that I want my children to have Um, speaking of ways Mm -hmm. in which to have impact Um, and they're very aware, like they they get so many messages everywhere of everything that's going on and they're so compassionate. Like you said, I mean like they're what clicks for them ethically or um, it's Mm -hmm. just very clear And so they don't need further reminders of everything that's going on. They, they know what's going on. Um, but instead, um, you know, continuing to lean into that sense of that, that story and that sense of intimacy. Um, and I, I think I, I saw an image the other day of some kind of young person's climate march and, um, one of the young people was holding a sign that said something like, how can I know to take care of the earth if I don't know to love it first? And something about that was like, ding, you know, um, like, yeah. Um, and so, you know, continuing to, to begin from that place over and over again, I guess is my work um, when I forget when I am overwhelmed with grief um, and to be able to
1: reorient
0: all of us from that place again yeah yeah
1: i am i'm in um, emergence magazines leadership course right now and uh jamaica or i sorry her last name is just out the window right now um which is bad but maybe we can uh, I'll look it up mm-hmm. yeah 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 um but she said she ended uh, her talk last Sunday which I was like yes 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 exactly that she's she she said um the world doesn't need or nature or the wild the environment doesn't need our protection it needs our right relationship to it mm-hmm. and um and we're a lot I think we like to be the hero <laughs> we like that narrative. Um, and it feels right to say to protect, but what is it to be in right relationship to something? And uh, that's a really good place to start. What is it to be in right relationship? You know, maybe come in full circle to where we started. What is it to wake up in the morning and just acknowledge that there's a whole world with the pheasant family outside uh, happening? And um, and am I a huge disturbance? I will be when I go outside. And can I, you know, can we live next to each other? And it's disturbing me. I'm disturbing it. That's not what it's not. A, it's not about being non-disturbant. Because mm-hmm. every being on this planet, planet is a disturbance. And it's not about putting a fence up around it to protect it. That how are we here together in right relationship to each other. That I, I love mm-hmm,
0: yeah, to hold that continuously. Yeah. And I love how um that allows for the mess of things, the complexity and the nuance of things, you know, because um you spoke beautifully on invisibility, but then also mm-hmm. disturbance, you know, And that is the mess, you know, that's, that's the mess of being in this entangled world. Um, But continually holding that question of how to be in right relationship while leaning in that way. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you know, anything, your offerings right now or anything else that's coming up for you or any, just anything else you wanted to share about your work in the world? It's
1: changing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which has is, is come um, a little full force that it, it's, you know, I don't know if you know these times where it's like, I can't stop this. Mm-hmm. This is out of my control, but I've, I've canceled everything that I had to <laughs> The rest of the year um, in person here due to the move and and also uh, the next thing coming is, is my first little publication in Danish in, in May and then a book in English that's being finished now. That's going to come soon. So um, that's really exciting. Really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Which is going to weave or which weave storytelling with the nature work and what that has looked like and and something you touched on of not you know it's it's my story of not um of being taken from one continent to the other as a child and a whole sense of shift in culture and belonging and what that looks like and also where to then find that um and you know sneak secret it has something to do <laughs> with nature and the stories we tell but i uh, that's definitely new i ha- i'm doing something as a sort of follow-up of becoming invisible that has to do with writing uh, and offering that's also going to be free in in writing nature to life within and reflecting through writing so i'm looking forward to to offering that of a. Uh, using the written word in any way to reflect on on what that relationship looks like. So I see a lot more stories and a lot more creativity unfold. And and I don't know. I guess Mm -hmm. that's it. I really don't know what is to come um, other than that. (laughs) Which should be scary but it doesn't feel like it at the (laughs) moment.
0: Well, those are some big projects. I mean, even those will ripple on for a little while. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to make sure we, you know, have the information of all that in the show notes. So everyone can make sure to to learn more. So, yeah.
1: And if anyone feels called to um, do the becoming invisible, like it's a free course, but there's also a writing element. And I've published, which I, I personally really love, but, And people that took it, who have written about their experience, I've published all their writing on my website. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of, uh, it's become like a series of of people from all around the world's conversations with the earth. And um, that's been a really, really nice thing to read, to see, you know, people, to have an insight into people's relationship with the land where they are. Uh, yeah, so I um, that's still open, and I really enjoyed it. Wonderful. That offering.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for just ha- spending this time with me, you kindred spirit, and um, just the way that you're sharing yourself with the world, and it's beautiful to witness. So,
1: yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, so much gratitude for listening for spending this time with us and if it felt of benefit please do consider leaving a review or subscribing to the podcast ongoingly from whatever your preferred listening sources that way you can be notified whenever a new episode is released may we continue to discover new ways while also remembering old ways of relating and being in kinship as we continue to bring an open-armed adoration and devotion for this wild earth. And I look forward to being with you on the next episode.